Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Allie Warshavsky, and today on our podcast, we are speaking with lawyer Keegan Dronowski of Shipman and Goodwin LLP. In a time where companies are struggling to recruit and retain employees, she's here to offer some legal advice and insight into how companies can keep their employees. First off, Keegan, why don't you explain what you do for Shipman and Goodwin LLP clients that gives you insight into these trends of employees and employers? Sure. So first of all, thanks so much for having me. It's nice to be here. Um, so I am an attorney, as you mentioned, with Shipman and Goodwin. I'm in our employment uh, practice. And you know, my, my practice mainly focuses on defending employers. Um, in various uh, litigations involving discrimination, wrongful termination, and things like that. Um, But a large part of our practice, and especially over the the past several years when we had litigation slowing down, has really been just providing advice to employers on types of things that they can do to avoid getting to a situation uh, where they're having to to defend themselves in in those types of uh, positions. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with complying with various federal and state laws, um, you know, having employees that are happy in the workplace um, and, you know, staying with their employer because uh, they're feeling valued and and things like that. So that's a lot of what I do on the day to day. It's just being on the phone with people and and going through um, questions they might have related to what the laws are. So it's sort of given us, especially over the past few years, insight into how things have changed uh, and what employees are valuing today. And did COVID really change that job for you? You know, I know things have been really changing over the past few years just because technology upgrades and and things like that. But I'm assuming from what I've heard from our HR council, this kind of just propelled it forward at a speed no one was prepared for. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think before, um, you know, the pandemic, we really had people that were used to working in the office every day, having to switch on a dime to, you know, going remote and all the challenges that brought. And I think how well employers have sort of risen to that challenge, um, you know, has has really affected the culture of companies over the past few years and going forward as well. Um, and so I, you know, I think as an attorney, it's been interesting to jump into that role of sort of learning all the new laws that have to do um, with employers uh, working from home and, and working remotely and what that looks like as opposed to, you know, your more traditional uh, job force. And what are some strategies that employers are using to increase, to, uh, excuse me, recruit employees across industries? I know that has been a big problem and a focus of our policy priorities this legislative session of getting people back into the workforce or recruiting employees from out of state to come here to Connecticut. Yeah, you know, it's a very competitive uh, job market right now for talent. Um, things have sort of changed over the past few years from people being worried about not having jobs to now employees really having a lot of agency um, to sort of push for what they value in the workplace. Um, and, you know, we've seen obviously compensation is important um, and there's there's a lot of competition in that area, but it's not everything. And especially, you know, if, a, if an employer or a company isn't able to sort of offer the top of the market in terms of salary, they're using other things um, like a signing bonus or other tools that really focus on benefits and what the workplace culture is going to look like um, and offering benefits, uh, wellness benefits, health benefits, paid leave, things of that nature that really focus on work-life balance as opposed to just, you know, what the bottom line salary is um, and really looking outside the box 
um, even for some industries that are really finding that shortage of applying for um, H-1B petitions for highly skilled foreign workers to be able to fill some of the gaps. So there's definitely been um, some creativity in, in looking at how to recruit uh, employees to the workforce. I feel like you can't um, see a job ad these days that doesn't promise an extra thousand dollars if you apply and, and um, are accepted to the position right then and there, which is something um, I had not seen before. Um, are there any particular strategies you'd suggest for industries like manufacturing in Connecticut that are experiencing um, maybe a more severe labor shortage? Because, of course, as you know, manufacturing has dealt with this pre-pandemic and the pandemic only really escalated what they were dealing with. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example um, as one of the industries that's really sort of looking to get creative because there is such a demand and it's um, there's so much potential for the manufacturers in Connecticut. Um, I'm part, part of a group called Manufacturer CT that sort of looks at these types of issues. And one of the areas um, that they're really looking at is focusing on investing in training programs and schools to really you know start the workforce from um, the, the point where they come in and our students to, to provide that training opportunity, to provide training to current employees so that they might be more qualified for other positions. Um, but also again, you know, even in industries like manufacturing, it's, it's not just complying with the laws and we've had a, a lot of new legislation over the past few years, especially in Connecticut. Um, it's also making sure to sort of go that extra step and focusing on making it a workplace that people want to come and stay. So um, one a good example of that is now in Connecticut, we have uh, required paid family leave through the state. You know, some employers go well beyond that and they offer um, you know, more time, more pay, and really focus on letting people expand their families and, and know that they have a life outside of work, but that they still have value to the company, um, even though you know, they're allowed to take that time um, pay equity has been another thing and focusing on, um, uh, you know, opportunities for women in an area that might not have been traditionally, um, you know, looking at female employees and how to provide the best balance uh, for them. So that's, you know, some of the things we've seen in both recruiting and being able to retain employees in these different industries, but especially in manufacturing where they're really focusing on this crunch of a uh, labor shortage that they're having. I think it's interesting that you touched on is the upscaling of workers and workers valuing the fact that their company will um, pay to train them so that they're going to continue to move up and that being an incentive to stay in itself. Um, we mentioned that in manufacturing and also maybe that sign-on bonus, but what other incentives for hiring are you seeing and what are companies offering that work and maybe don't work to get employees in the door? You know, I think one of the things that employees really look for now is not just, well, what is the, the bottom line salary, but also what is this company offering to me in terms of what my life's going to look like? So, you know, it could be a flexible work arrangement. Um, that's something that I think employees have always valued even pre-pandemic, but since we now have the ability for many people to work um, not tied to an office, whether they're, you know, coming in once a week or twice a week, or there's some sort of hybrid um, type situation, letting them work sort of different hours. I think employees really value those things. Um, and that's what we've seen that if there's the ability to do that, it, it not only allows um, employers to you know, attract different types of people, but it also um, is a good incentive for you know, keeping those people once they, once they come to the workplace. And that can you know, go beyond 
um, just flexible work arrangements. There's things like quality health benefits, uh, what the career advancement is, really what the company culture is. So and we've seen, especially um, in the younger generation, people really value inclusiveness and diversity and seeing things like that reflected in the workplace. Um, so those are all things that you know, I think the, the current um, applicant pool is really concerned about as opposed to just what you know, the, the bottom line compensation mm-hmm. is. Yeah, definitely. I think if COVID put anything in perspective was one, the ability to work from home and and some people who really enjoy that and two, having good health insurance, God forbid anything happened. Um, So that's what employees are looking for. What are employers um, been focused on? You know, what types of issues are facing employers trying to recruit and retain talented employees? Obviously, part of it would be they have to offer a lot of these benefits if the company down the road that is in the same industry is too, right? If they don't offer this hybrid work schedule, but the company next door does, they're not going to look as attractive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you sort of touched on one of the number one things that employers are doing, which is to see what their competitors are doing in mm-hmm. this area um, and trying to match it. And if they can't in terms of the salary, making sure they're offering something that those people aren't that would you know, attract people. Um, and I think when trying to put some of these things in practice, what employers need to sort of be concerned and be wary of is what this is going to look like in the long term. So for instance, if you're going to allow most of your workforce to be remote or have some hybrid type of workforce, there's going to be new laws you need to comply with in terms of what state mm-hmm. people are working from um, and what tax laws apply, whether you have to register the employees in that state. And then there's very specific employment laws that apply based on where the person is doing the work from. So, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of if it's a Connecticut company, um, if you're hiring someone that lives in Colorado and you're going to allow them to, you know, just come to work on Zoom and, and do things remotely, you have to make sure that you're complying with those laws as well um, for training in harassment issues, discrimination mm-hmm. laws. There's a sort of a myriad of different things um, to make sure you're up to date with. And so those are, you know, things that employers are struggling with a little bit just to get up to speed with. And, and that's where sort of the outside counsel can be helpful. Um, and we sort of do a lot of that making sure people are, you know, complying with everything they need to just to be in a good position. Yeah, it seems like the best option for Connecticut right now is to figure out how to fill these labor shortages, even if they're remote positions with Connecticut residents, because it just takes away some of the stress of figuring out these rules and regulations. But of course, the labor shortage is so great that companies are willing to hire anyone to fill these positions. Um, you know, we touched on obviously maybe your workplace doesn't have all of its employees every Monday through Friday because of a hybrid work schedule, or maybe its business is shut or the building is completely shut down because of of remote work. But how does the workplace look different now in 2022 than it did in 2019? I mean, I think you know we, we've like you said we've talked about sort of the the remote nature of the work, but really what that's done is made it a little bit smaller in terms of um, people are able to communicate better. There's less travel required. Um, you know, working across offices across industries, um, but I really think the the big difference is it seems like employees do have more agency to push for the things that are important to them um, as you know, opposed to sort of pre-pandemic being uh, in a position where they might be willing to, to do more of what the employer wanted um, and, and not be as concerned about 
um, what was important to them because you know they needed this particular job and there wasn't as much option for them to move around. So that's I think really changed um, what employees can demand sort of in in looking at um, filling different positions and, and what they're interested in. So right now it really seems like the employee is winning. <laughs> it's really flip flopped. Yeah, and I think I think that's true, but I also think it can be a good thing because you know if an employee is um, seeing their value in a company, they're more likely to stay, they're more likely mm-hmm. to do good work and that will benefit the company as a whole. And that's why I, I, you know, I say we should focus on things like not just complying with these new laws that Connecticut has, um, as well as other states in, in the federal sphere, but also you know, making sure that we're going beyond and, and telling employees that they do have value and how they can see you know, that playing out in their career advancement within whatever the various industry is. One thing we've seen is there is some temptation to um, retain people by signing them into strict written agreements or non-compete type agreements that restricts employees' movement. You know, we caution against that, doing that um, for all industries just as a blanket policy because there may be some legislation in the future that really restricts if those are enforceable or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of that's not really necessarily something employees that are in this job market that might have a position where they don't have to sign something like that uh, want to see you know in in um, coming on board somewhere they have to sign some restrictive type policy so it's just sort of a way of looking at what's the best way right now uh, given this market to, to attract people and retain them yeah so just to recap it sounds like don't make them sign a contract obviously industry by industry is a little bit different um you know that paid time off that um good insurance, that flexibility is really what's important to the employee right now and employers learning that and knowing that and offering to upskill their their employees is really what's going to create um, a successful business right now. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't go as far as to say don't do something because like you said, it, it always varies um, based on the particular position or industry. Mm-hmm. But just in general, I think we've seen that the strategy of focusing on um, the value that people can bring and, and what benefits can be offered to them is is more successful uh, in recruiting the the talent uh, that people are looking to bring on board. Well, great to know. Thank you so much, Keegan, for joining us today. I think a lot of people are going to uh, listen to this and find it helpful as a business leader and maybe as an employee who is looking to make their their next move. So we really appreciate you coming on to the BizCast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And, you know, I always encourage people to reach out to counsel for any specific legal advice uh, since, you know, obviously it will vary depending on the different type of industry and, and employer that you are. A good advice there. Well, thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen and subscribe to the BizCast on Apple, YouTube, and visit CBIA.com for more.